0: And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, December 8th. So, holy cats, you know, it just keeps going on. (laughs) Hey, I've got Greg Butler here with me today. Hey, Greg, hit your red button so we can talk.
1: Right,
0: right, right. (laughs) Nice. Told me that. It's great having you on again. Thanks, man. All right. And uh, so um, we're going to talk about... uh, Great plants that bloom in winter that attract hummingbirds. But before we do, I want to quick say hi to the folks I saw this week. So Deborah and Drew and company, all you other wonderful folks that came, I had such a great time with you. So what this was was it was auctioned off to help Northwest Harvest and uh, through the Fiddler Pub. And uh, so I went over to the Fiddler and met uh, the uh, winning uh, bidders, Deborah and Drew, and uh, all their wonderful friends. And uh, it, it was a tough job, I'll tell you, Greg. It was tough. So we had to have wine and cheese and crackers. Life
1: sa- is tough. The sacrifices we make on behalf of this community are <laughs> unbelievable. They really had
0: a lot of fun. So thank you, everyone. That was wonderful. And thanks for helping Northwest Harvest. And I expect to be very cold tonight, because I noticed that Mary hung the sheets on the line. Oh, uh, for how are they going to dry
1: out there? You married a Canadian?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! my what can you do? Hey, and uh, so last week I mentioned the uh, uh, Japan tour that I, that Mary and I will be leading, and that's November next year. So uh, that is going to go November 11th through the 24th, and a number of people already signed up. So uh, uh, now we have the uh, itinerary in our website. So if you just, just go to the front page of cisco.com, you'll see the uh, button to push there. You'll see the little thing, the link. And, uh That'll get you right to the whole itinerary. It's pretty amazing. We'll be 13 nights. So uh, anyway, we only have room for 21 people on there. But I think this is going to be a trip to remember, to say the least. I'm getting quite excited about it. So (laughs) all right. But now we get to talk gardening here, you know. And uh, so, you know, that's the thing, Greg, you know. Especially me, I travel all the time in winter. I'm gone a lot. And so I don't want to hang up a hummingbird feeder. I read that a hummingbird can starve to death in one half hour in freezing weather if the feeder it's used to and depends on is frozen and nobody thaws the thing out. So, oh, that would kill me if I ever did that. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, You don't want to get them depending on... Well, me, for instance, to do work for them. I'm just not (laughs) wired that way. Much easier to just plant a garden there where they can come and eat whenever they want to. I'd have to uh, be a caretaker for yet another being.
0: Yeah, and the good news is that I've been doing this for so many years. I know you have, too. uh, Not quite as many as you (laughs) My, I have three Anna hummingbirds that never leave my garden. They stay year-round, and it's so fun. Because they beat the
1: tweedle out of each other just as much in the winter as they do in the summer. Oh, my God, the dog fights out there are amazing, <laughs> oh, you know. Jeez. Heidi ran out the kitchen uh, back door the other day because one of them had the other one pinned on the ground there just going at each other. Wow. Amazing. They That's, are little tough guys, they're little aggressive guys. They yeah. are. And, you know, the.
0: the the funny thing is that the Annas aren't even the worst. The Rufus are even worse, and they're gone this time of year. Right. That's, uh, I hear they're actually starting to stay longer into the winter now. That's what I've been hearing, and uh, I always tell people you don't have to take your feeder down at the end of summer. If the Rufus decide to go back to Mexico and Central America, they're going either way. And who can you blame know? them? No, who can blame them? <laughs> you know, it's a, I always ask this question sometimes when I'm doing a garden talk, and I give away gifts if they get my question right. One of my questions I always ask is the rufous hummingbird flies 2,000 to 2,500 miles down to Mexico and Central America every fall and flies back up. And they do feed as they go, but they fly at least 500 miles a day. Ooh. Isn't it amazing?
1: I can't drive that far without a
0: nap. So one of the questions I always ask is it's it is uh, because people tell me this all the time. They say uh, if the hummingbirds get exhausted, they land on a goose that is migrating across, coming to the United States or going the other way. So I always go, is this true?
1: It is the biggest bunch of bull tweedle there <laughs> ever was. <laughs> really? Out of your mouth? <laughs>
0: I'm not, I'm not the one that says that!
1: I was about to buy that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so well, always people always come up and tell me, Oh yeah, they hitch a ride on the geese, you know, and I always go, Oh, that's where did arresting. you hear that? Yeah. I hear some guys okay.
1: spreading that rumor.
0: Okay, I get to mention my first plant, and you get next. Okay. Okay. So because this is one that I just love so much. So uh Gravilia oh, uh, Victoria. So this plant, what blew my mind about this, it's a six-foot-tall plant at least and uh, covered with the most spectacular gravilia flowers in that protea family. Right. And hummingbirds just die for it. And there's so many flowers, you can't even see the foliage in the winter. So I was down hiking with Mary down in... Uh, uh, southern australia melbourne and tasmania and i come back and i saw these gigantic revillias all over down there i come back and i walk into jungle fever in tacoma jerry's nice Here's nursery there. there and he's got one and i go how can you sell that it can't possibly be hardy <laughs> it blooms in the middle of winter you it's so big you're gonna have to put it in a garage you know, I said, what's the object anybody buying this? And he goes, no, no, it's totally hardy. I go, it can't be. He gave it to me. Oh, my God. That one died, but it took 20 years before it did. And it, the hummingbirds are all over it. Even in the coldest weather, those flowers hang on. Yeah, How yeah. can a plant
1: from southern Australia do that? It was 102 the day we were hiking there that's a really good one um the problem i've had with it is the root they're kind of weak weak rooted that's yep. hard to say this early in the morning so it may take you a try or two to get it established but don't give up and another great thing about it is it flowers for a long time it does
0: for way longer than just the winter right through the dead of winter and into yep. early spring yeah um, and four months and probably fall. on that yeah at least and uh, yeah you know a lot of them, like the first one I ever planted, grew really fast, fell over. That's
1: what happened to one yep. of mine. Yeah. But then
0: it grew straight back up again, still got six feet wow. tall. And it was well-supported by its own branches. What kills those, though, is uh, either overwatering them, mm-hmm. or if they're not in really well-drained soil, yes, then right. then they don't last
1: long. They don't like wet feet.
0: And I... Planted one right by my
1: bananas, and yeah, you know if right.
0: you water the heck out of those bananas, sure. they get so
1: that's, big. That's a mixed marriage. That's just not going to work out. <laughs>
0: no, there. that was yeah. a bad marriage. So uh luckily, Mary's got a few over on her side. I don't have one. I don't have room for one right now. I don't have uh, room
1: for anything right now. <laughs> Poor man has to wander around his yard and wait for something to die so he can plant something <laughs> or dig up something. <laughs> is so true i'm in the same boat
0: <laughs> but uh so uh that um greville uh, if you're looking for a great plant hard to find it is hard to find you know one day i'm shopping in Mallbacks and i'm walking through and i have uh about 20 people are shopping with me <laughs> this entourage of people asking me why are you buying that yeah, or should i buy around, this
1: seeing what you're shopping for right
0: <laughs> it was really fun so I walk into one of the, the houses where they got the camellias and the roadies and everything, more of a shade house. I don't know why they were in there. And uh, there's like 12 big ones. Wow. And I wanted one. So, But the first thing I do is go, oh, this is the best plant, blah, blah, blah. I turn around. They're all gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't one left. I'm still mad about this. Got to hold your cards
1: a little closer to your vest, there, Mister.
0: <laughs> okay, when we come back, because we got to take a break right now. Greg Butler will uh, get his chance to say one of his favorite winter blooming hummingbird plants. Hey, if you want to get in on this conversation, give us a call, or you can ask any question between Greg and I. It's totally impossible for us to be stumped. If you say so. 1-888-973-Cairo. Cairo will be right back. Ninety seven three Cairo FM.
1: This
2: is gardening with Cisco on the all new Cairo Radio Weekends, brought to you by PacificTopSoil.com dot com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la! Here's Cisco.
0: Hey, and before uh, Greg gives you his next plant, I want to uh, remind you that, uh, you know, we've been talking about this fruit tree netting. Now everybody's netting their yeah, yeah, fruit yeah. trees so much better. And uh, so there is a handy calculator that uh, you can use, and it's, you know, all online. And uh, this is through City Fruit, and you could just put in the size of your tree, and it'll tell you exactly how much of netting to buy. So we... Uh, we have a link to that right on the front page at cisco.com.
1: All right, Greg, you're up. Excellent. Well, first of all, let me offer you some gifts from my homeland of Burien here. We have a little uh, ber- belated birthday gift for an old man. I may not be able to talk for the rest. I'll, my mouth will be too yeah, full. I went to Armoir Chocolate, our little bakery this morning. Oh, Got just uh, some uh, pen chocolate, and there's eight chocolates in there. Mary, if you're listening, he's leaving the studio with eight Chocolate. So there should be. No, there was only two in at, at there. At least four left when he gets <laughs> home. Back to hummingbird plants. My favorite, and I think probably the best, with all due respect to Grevillea victoria, is Mahonia charity. It is great. I wrote an article about that uh, for Swanson's Nursery on their blog. If you want to look at that later, but it starts flowering in about what, October, maybe the end of October, early November. Foot long spikes of just little. Butter yellow flowers mm-hmm. um, that the hummingbirds just lose their minds for. There's constant activity around mine, and it flowers for a long time right through most of winter. Probably peters out February or so, um, and then in this uh, summer, it's followed by just stacks of these beautiful, uh, bright blue berries that are gobbled up by every kind of bird that every has wings. Bird. Um, it's scented, uh, yeah, dead, and carries on the wind a little bit too on a, our rare sunny winter days. I- <laughs> I put mine right by the front door, and here's a word of warning for that. They do get big over time. Now, mine's probably oh, yeah. 20 years old now, and it's ten just starting to lift the roof off my house. So, it, Oh, my God, they get big. Yeah, about 10 feet probably. But you can
0: cut a branch right off.
1: Oh, they're eminently Yeah, You can cut it all the way back to That's the ground. Right. Uh, be prepared for a porcupine to take its place because oh, it's going to throw up really sharply armed foliage. And That's the is, downside of, of all Mahonias. I put one of those uh, leaves
0: through my eyeball. Ouch. And uh, I had a bright red eyeball for about a
1: week. Yeah, I would a, recommend wearing a protective gear. If a, if you can get your hands on a suit of armor, that would be idea. <laughs> that's ideal. what you want. But oh, you my want, gosh. But uh, you want definitely eye protection. I uh, use knee pads when I weed around them, and then I put the knee pads on top of a board because they're viciously <laughs> armed, especially when the foliage gets dry. It yeah because it even falls sharper. down on the ground and, right and despite all that the plant is still worth it because it is
0: just amazing it is worth it but uh i'll tell you what don't back into one of those when you're weeding yeah. <laughs> oh it's an uplifting
1: experience sit down That's... on one of the leaves
0: yes <laughs> it'll get your attention and there's a whole bunch of other mahonias that are great like that these These are crosses of Asian
1: ones, you know. That particular one is a cross between Mahonia lomerifolia and Mahonia japonica. I have both of those because I've kind of Uh. fallen off the deep end with (laughs) Mahonias. They are wonderful. And uh, so the lomerifolia is blooming right now. it's, It's quite a bit taller than charity, even if you put it in the right spot. Of course, I didn't. Mine's in the middle of a shady woodland. Well, the woodland actually grew up around the Mahonia. I put it in full sun, but then all these Madronas seated themselves in there. You can't pull a Madrona, even Uh, if it's in your living room. Oh, it's really hard to pull one out. uh, But it's doing pretty well back there. And then the Japonica blooms quite a bit later, and it's kind of a lower 4- to 5-foot growing shrub, both much beloved by hummingbirds as well. and tons
0: of other ones out there. So, you know, this is a great time to go to nursery. see what color they are, the whole nine yards, you know. So they're wonderful. Okay, all right. My turn here. I think we have time for one more and then we'll and uh by the way, one triple eight nine seven three 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 five four seven six if you want to join this conversation. So uh I'm gonna say Camellia Camellia Yuletide just got one so one time I was when Megan and I were making TV all the time I had to come up with something around Christmas and I was driving down uh Okay, all right. My turn here. I think we have time for one more and then we'll end. uh by the way, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. if you want to join this conversation. So uh I'm gonna say Camellia oh, that's Camellia Yuletide
1: just got one
0: oh, so one time I was when Megan and I were making TV all the time I had to come up with something around Christmas and I was driving down uh you know, uh, 99, mm-hmm. and I saw Fernies, not there anymore. Oh. And uh, so I thought, I'll go in there and see if I see something. So I asked the guy, I said, you got any, uh, you know, like uh, uh, good camellias? And the guy said, oh, yeah, we got it right around the corner. I go around the corner, there's like 12 hummingbirds hitting a wow. Mahonia yuletide. The camellia. I mean I mean Camellia Yuletide right in the nursery. Wow. I couldn't that's awesome. believe my eyes. And uh, pretty dependable bloomer, but if they get too cold sometimes it can kill the flowers one year. But uh most of the time they're they flower right for Christmas.
1: Yep. Great slow growing kind of evergreen tree too throughout the rest of the year, so it's got good presence. They got nice bark on them as they get older. Yeah, they
0: stay really small. And it's one of the I mean it doesn't
1: have the tubular flowers that you usually associate with hummingbirds, so you don't always have to plant things that have tubular flowers. The hummingbirds still yeah. like that. You know, I can't
0: quite figure out what they're getting out of there because I don't either. it's a it's a big single flower with nothing but stamen. Yes. And but they, I, sometimes I wonder if they're eating a the pollen, but I don't think they do that.
1: Not sure what they're after there, but whatever it is, they like it because they yeah. can't leave it alone. And it's a cool looking plant. The boot. There's a million of those the sanquas, and they all attract hummingbirds too, not just the red ones. So yeah, take your pick.
0: Yeah, so they're great. All right, I think we got to take a break. So yeah, all right. So a hey, all right, and I see that Walt from Arlington. I see you called. So when we come back. We're going to pop you on the air, and uh, you'll probably stump Greg, but you won't stump me. I'm pretty (laughs) stumpable. Hey, we'll be right back. 97.3 Cairo FM.
1: You're
2: listening to Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: Hey, welcome back, and uh, Greg Butler's here with me today, a little buddy of mine, that uh, he and I have been gardening forever between the two of us. <laughs> long, long, long time. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got a call from Walt from Arlington. So, Walt, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling.
2: Thanks, Cisco. Hey, I asked you this about a couple months ago, but I can't find my notes. I've got a peach tree. As I recall, you told me I got to spray it once or twice or three times starting in December.
0: That's true. If you if you have a peach, uh there are some peaches that don't get peach leaf curl, but uh most of them do. And if you've got one that's susceptible, you've got to get those sprays on. And uh, what you is the spray. Well, you know, what I would do is probably go to your favorite uh garden store and ask them what they are recommend now cuz it keeps changing. And uh, but it's going to okay. be a, a fungicide for sure,
2: okay? Yeah, and then the second, another question I have is: I have a bunch of citrus in my greenhouse, lemons, limes, and uh, some uh, oranges, and they're all starting to bloom. Should I be fertilizing them?
0: Well, that I so they're in a greenhouse, right. Well, I don't normally uh, fertilize anything in the wintertime very much. I think as long as they're blooming, they'll be fine. They'll start producing
1: fruit. Yeah, I've killed a lot of citrus, so I'm not real sure what to tell you there. Uh, I know they are heavier feeders. And, boy, if you've got a greenhouse full of blooming citrus right now, you're a lucky man because that smells delicious.
0: Well, if they're actively growing at all, I'd probably give them a little shot of fruit. But you don't want anything high in nitrogen. You know, you just maybe something with a little phosphorus in it and a little nitrogen would be okay. But I
2: wouldn't overdo it. I'd do
0: it light. Okay, good.
2: And organic, I assume.
0: Sure. Organic's all right as long as it stays nice and warm in your greenhouse. If it's cold, then it won't be activated, and it really won't make much difference if you put it on or not.
2: Okay, Mike, I have a couple heaters in there, and they typically go on at around 45 degrees, so it doesn't get much colder than 45. Would that work? That I think that'll
0: probably work. That it's, the microorganisms go dormant if it gets too cold. That's the only thing. It usually needs to be up
1: there... You know, in the 50s or so. If you can keep it up there, I think you're all right. And like Cisco said, the Perfect. law of the little bit. I would, you know, it's easy to put it on there, but it's hard to get it out of there. So, uh, easy to feed it a little bit at a time, especially this time of year.
0: Yeah, but you're smart to use organic, too, oh, because you're not going to burn it. Right. You know, because it's easy to do. It's easy to overdo it with fertilizer. And if the plant's not using it up and all the salts sit there, they suck the moisture right out of the roots and you got big trouble. So organic, you don't have to worry about that.
1: It's like someone trying to feed you a big dinner when you're asleep. It's just not going to happen. You know? <laughs>
0: That's a good point. So, hey, and don't oh, forget, So, just so you know, that for those peach trees, I'd say I'd do it probably the first week of uh, December, first week January, first week of February, and you could do it one more time in March if you want, of uh, putting the sprays on.
2: And that's spraying the actual tree itself?
0: Yeah, because all you're going to do, you're trying to cover the buds because that fungus gets right. Those those buds open up for some reason in the winter, and the fungus is sitting on there. When it rains, it pushes the fungus into the tree through the bud. So you got to get the buds okay. covered. That's the key. Perfect. But, I, yeah, right, I inv- thank you. I envy you getting uh, homegrown peaches. He's uh,
1: he's an ambitious gentleman.
0: You are, because when I grew up, I had my own peach tree when I was a kid. And I had to tie my Labrador to it because the squirrels Uh, got every peach. And they would send one squirrel out just beyond where his rope would reach. He'd run full speed, do a double flip at the end of the rope, and the screw would just sit there going nan, nan, na, nah, and another one from the other side would climb up and start knocking off the peaches. Oh la la! Oh, <laughs> right, Walt, right. thank you very much. All right, good luck, buddy. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay, so, um, all right, we don't have any cars, so if you want to call in, feel free, one Cairo 973 but it's your turn to come up with all another right. plan. I'm going
1: to go with another one that you don't really think of as usually attracting hummingbirds, and that is Sarca Coca, which is oh, a, yeah. a mouthful on its own. <laughs> it is. Um, there's two kinds, a taller kind called Confusa, they used to call it Rustifolia, I think that's actually a different species, but it's Confusa-ing, so... <laughs> Uh, and uh, the <laughs> other one is, uh, blooms a little bit later, and what is that one called, the shorter one? Yeah. Um, Hugh, Hugh, uh, humulus. Humulus, yeah. And uh, Humulus hookeriana.
0: There you go. And that is, I like that one. That one actually spreads like a ground color. Right.
1: And the oh, other one is a bit more upright. Uh, what's the common name is Sweetbox for both of them. Uh, the more upright one gets three to four feet tall. They both want shade. Although oh, yeah. mine's in full blazing sun now. Cause so I had, is it yellow? Uh, yeah, well, I call it Orea. <laughs> <laughs> just telling my friends it's a very special one that has golden foliage. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> unbelievably sweetly scented flowers, oh. just at that time of year when you cannot possibly go on for another day around here, when February, when it's been so dark and so wet and so dreary. Uh, this uh, plant starts blooming, and then the Flower and Garden Show starts happening, and I suddenly have the will to live again. It's it's really a pick-me-up in the dead of winter.
0: You know, it's been scientifically proved. No one can go up and smell one of those flowers without your socks rolling up and down don't sniff one if you're wearing pantyhose. I don't know what might happen. You can't
1: help but sniff one because the scent just carries <laughs> oh. on the wind for like 50 <sighs> feet.
0: Yeah, right? and they bloom right in the middle of winter. You yep. know, some years they start pretty early. I've had them start in December. Mine, mine are
1: butted up already and ready to go, so, you know, in the next few weeks. Yeah, and, you know, the hummingbirds can't smell a thing.
0: But, boy, they know when those bloom. Those flowers aren't too big, but and they boy, hit them they the zero any
1: other plant too. It's amazing. I, you know, I saw one there one day. And, what are you doing? You know, that's that's <laughs> not even hummingbird food, but they are apparently smarter than I am as far as choosing them. In you. Oh man, they love them. Oh,
0: there's so many flowers. How uh, we doing? Uh, okay, who uh, who's up first here? All right, Jacob. Oh, hey, welcome go. to uh, Garden with Cisco. Thanks for calling.
2: No, thanks for taking my call. You bet. What you got going on? My question is, um, I wanted to get a eucalyptus tree, but apparently the local supplier is out of business. And so now my next choice is maybe a cutting. And I was wondering if you have any experience growing a eucalyptus tree from cuttings.
1: I sure don't do. I think they grow them mostly from seed. Um, There's a place up in Squim called the Desert. Northwest, he grows. Oh, yeah. He grows quite a few of them, and then Steamboat Island, sat is down by Olympia. They used to grow quite. Yeah, a few of them they're out well. of. They're totally gone. Oh, now. Are they gone yeah. now? They finally shut down.
0: But um, the other, what was the name of that again? Because I'm trying to remember. The Desert Northwest. Yeah, Des- Ian Barkley, I think. Yeah, he's got a lot of good ones. Unfortunately, I don't have them in my website because I got about eight billion nurseries in there, uh, but you. To buy from him, normally, does he do mail order? Do you got to buy uh I mean, He does, uh, at does a mail order sale. and then
1: he's got a list of plant sales on there too. <laughs>
0: yeah, he too. does a lot of plant sales. It comes to Heronswood. He's great.
1: He's very knowledgeable when it comes to <laughs> drought tolerant plants. Yeah, and he you really want. He knows his stuff.
0: And you got to buy one that's really hardy here. I have seen so many eucalyptus bite the dust, you know. You can find Neglecta.
1: It's the name says it all. You can pretty much just plant it and walk away from it. I've had mine for 15 years now, probably. I've cut it back to the ground twice, because it grows like a rocket. I cut and one really of mine tough. down
0: to the ground once, and it came back beautiful, but I did it the second time, and goodbye, Charlie.
1: I think it's important to cut it back. I do it in spring. Yeah, maybe um, I did the bad timing. A no little later than summer. If you do it in the fall, then, I don't know, they seem don't seem to build up enough energy. Your gotten so big around the trunk now that it, uh, it's got a good reserve stored up in its roots. So
0: uh, try that nursery, and um, you know I think you could go online and get uh, probably get his catalog. Oh yeah, he's got a great website. So try that, and um, but uh, you can grow them here, but you want to plant them right in spring when it just starts warming up, and they got to get through that first winter. Don't buy a big one; if you do, they oh. fall over. It's weird. The little ones you can plant them little; they'll end up eighty feet tall and healthy. You buy a
1: 12-footer, it's going to fall down when it hits 20 feet tall. I don't know why that is. They probably just have to grow slow enough at first to get a staff. It probably outgrows its root system.
0: That's probably it. All right. Well, hey, I hope right. that helped. Okay. All right, Jacob. Take care, buddy. All right. Hey, we're taking a break. I'll be back. Greg Butler's my guest today. We'll be right back on 97.3 Cairo FM.
2: This is Gardening with Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends.
0: All right, we're back. Hey, let's uh, let's go to Dave over in Bellevue. Hey,
2: Dave, what's happening? <laughs> well, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I would say three years ago I planted um, five or six uh, sword ferns under a canopy of, you know, cedar trees thinking they'd flourish and I'd have a nice... Uh, you know, n- native grove of sword ferns. But I noticed that they've all been kind of... There's some animal that's chewing on the fronds, and they've, they've never grown well, and wow. I just don't know what's eating the fronds on the sword ferns.
0: Holy cats. Well, you, you're you totally amazing me because I've never seen anything eat a sword fern. Do you have deer in that's, your
1: garden? That's what I was thinking.
2: No, I live in a neighborhood in Bellevue. I can't imagine
1: got a neighbor to hate you <laughs> foragers maybe uh, yeah, they're using them at fancy
2: restaurants
0: now and... uh, well well uh i i suppose a rabbit could eat them No, well, i suppose they would eat almost anything and they're everywhere what about, what about rats? Uh, i've never seen I, i've a never heard
1: them. of rats eating sword ferns
0: it, you know it is possible though oh, or what about
1: voles I wonder if voles could do it. They're kind of like field mice. Are they eating them when the fronds are all uh, flushed out already or just nibbling on the unfurling fronds?
2: No, it seems like the nice green fronds are getting chewed off.
0: Ah. It, you know, it's got... Well, have you seen any signs of mice in your garden?
2: Boy, not that I know of. We also have four cats, so I...
0: Oh, jeez, it's hard to believe. If they're out in the yard, I can't believe mice would yeah, never escape a, that. Or even deer, if you've got four of them. <laughs> Team up and bring down Bambi. Uh, so, yeah. uh, well, well, it could be rabbits, I would, uh, although I am shooting so from the hip because I've never heard of a rabbit eating a sword fern before. I've heard of cats eating rabbits, but
1: not <laughs> not rabbits eating sword fern.
2: But... Um, so, if... If if I were to replace these now with a different is there some sort of variety of fern I should get to kind of ensure that it's going to grow well again? I don't know
0: cuz I you know I mean Hardly anything eats ferns. It's
1: really a rare thing to see that. If there's something eating your plants, too, I mean, there's a lot of things you can spray on there that are supposed to work, and some people say they do, and some people say they don't, but the only thing that really stops something from eating your plants is a barrier of
2: some kind. And I know you've mentioned that we've been kind of in a drought, too. Do you think lack of water under those trees could be keeping them? from? I know know something's eating them, too, but they've also not grown all that well. Well,
0: there's a disease attack on them now. It's a rust. You might have, you might just have fern rust. And it seems to be hitting our native sword ferns. So that's a possibility. Uh, What I would do this spring is, and also, by the way, you know they may never have gotten
1: well established
0: under uh, a I was big say, cedar. Yeah, tree. Under a
1: big cedar tree, you're going to have to water for several years <laughs> just because something's native. They just still need some water, maybe even through the winter if it's especially, a big enough cedar tree.
0: Especially if they didn't get off to a good start. To right get them right off, off to the a good bat. start,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: Then they're always okay. suffering. So, so here's two things I do. I would cut them back all the way in spring to nubs. You know, you'll see the big okay. mound that you cut them to. Do that. Make sure that you water the livid tweedle out of the poor suckers this summer. And uh, you might try putting, uh, what was that stuff called? Is it called plant skid? I think that's a product. Something like that?
1: Yeah, I saw it on
0: your website. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so I think it's plant
0: skid. And a woman called up and said the rabbits, that's the one thing she used that kept the rabbits off. So you could try spraying with that too and uh then you got to you got to call in and give a report cuz we're all wondering what but if you've got this wow. rust uh you should be able to see that you'll see orange pustules on the bottom of the leaves so keep an eye out for that uh so cut them back in the spring and then uh you know if you see the orange pustules you're probably going to have to spray them with uh, uh some kind of fungicide or something to stop that i heard it's hard to stop too so yikes <laughs> So well, thanks so much for your help. All right. I don't know if we were any help. <laughs> we tried our best. We'll tell everybody we were help. <laughs> thanks a lot. Well, and good figure. luck. Keep Sorry. me posted, okay? okay? All right. No, Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Right. Thanks. Well, um, I don't know. We uh, Maybe James will just uh, put you up really quick. Nope. Nope. Brian says, nope, no time. Sorry, James. Call next week. We couldn't quite get to you. Yeah, I don't want to run us late. That's the worst thing we can do. All right, so uh, rapid fire. <laughs> hey, well, let me ask you something, Greg. So you have so have you got quite a few articles over at Swanson's now? Uh, there's probably a half
1: dozen up there now. Those are
0: great articles. I've read every one of them. They're really good. And uh, you give a lot of talks at Swanson's, I do. too.
1: I don't know why, but they seem to like me. So. <laughs> makes me very happy. Well, tell I like you them what. too, so it's a mutual love affair, me when, and Swanson. When you go to one of Greg's talks, you got to be
0: ready to laugh, but and you got to listen because he talks fast. <laughs> I got a lot of a
1: lot of stuff to cover. What's your record for the most slides in uh, like an hour? Oh, talk? I don't know, three hundred. Oh, I don't know. You get one you word not. per slide. It's more of a movie than a talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's too great. So, uh, yeah. So, if you want to check up some, check out some of his great articles. Just. Uh, Go to Swanson's.com, and there's a link right on Cisco.com, and uh, you can read his terrific articles and find out when he's giving a talk over at Swanson's again. They have a great blog in general, too. They keep you up on what you should be doing, when. and Oh, yeah, it's a great blog. And uh, really terrific nursery, one of my favorites. Nice
1: folks. They just changed ownership, I guess. Last yeah, fall, three, yeah, yeah. Now employees three of them. bought the place. Yeah, so three great. three employees bought it. That's pretty well, it's cool. Great to see independent so, nursery keep going in this business climate. You yeah, know, I know that's scary. I'm glad. Keeling off left and right, and I got,
0: uh, I got to give Wally credit for that. The guy that used to own it. Yeah, yeah. He he. I really liked him. He's a character. I still like him, but I haven't seen him for a long he time. He must be retired. Is that He's like down that? in Florida, I oh. think. But Let uh when they retire. But uh, he did a good job at that nursery, and then sold it to his employees instead of turning it into another big apartment house or condos or whatever they're going to put up next in Seattle. Well, that's you know, the problem:
1: the land is worth more value than the business. I guess that's what's happening to City People's in Madison Park. Yeah, a that's on a on heartbreaker that to it see is, that goal, it is.
0: man. But I'm I'm glad I still got my little City People's. Down there on Madison oh, Street, right. they that's come up right. with some pretty cool plants. You know, really nice people working there. But I, you know, there are so many good nurseries. Support your independent nursery. Yeah, it's. It, what is it? It's uh, uh, Little Business Saturday or whatever. It is. So you're small supposed to shop at a small business, and uh, it's best place to shop. Well, Greg Butler. Thank you so much for for coming on. Thanks for these goodies you brought me, too. Eight chocolates. There are eight chocolates in there, Ah, No, no, Mary. There are only four in there. Brian, thank you so much. Hey, everybody, enjoy the weather. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
2: I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor. If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it. I
1: just wish.